2: KJ Podcast, my people, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in in San Francisco, Bay Area, my Cleveland people, my hometown homies in Northern Virginia, DC, and Maryland. This ride has been unbelievable. I'm hanging up the cleats. This is my last podcast ever. Just kidding. Just freaking kidding with you. I should be in Indianapolis right now. I think most of you know that. My NFL analysis has been spot on during the 2017 season. I was predicting a lot of things correctly. I'm ahead on the storylines. Thank you to KNBR for giving me the opportunity. Thank you to these 49ers fans for still embracing this podcast and my NFL reporting skills. We have a lot to get into off season five Kyle Shanahan, his combine strategy. Adam Peters, really good interview with Joe Fan, 49ers Studios podcast. Learned a lot about his role with John Lynch in the front office. Then there's some stuff to touch on with Trent Brown. Just some of the comments coming out in Indianapolis. Random place to have a convention. I get that if you're in the NFL, you're a billion dollar organization. This is the first combine I've missed in 4 years. I my heart breaks that I'm not there right now. It is one of the most fun events. During the day it's not, you know, it you know there's interviews and workouts. You glean a little bit. I mean, the NFL is a reality show and this is an episode of it and it's very fun, but it's really the only time where media members, coaches, scouts, new players, everyone's together in one spot. It only happens once a year. Everyone goes out at night We'll get into Combine stories Later in the podcast This episode is brought to you by FameProject.org The pop culture prediction market There's storylines Harvey Weinstein's arrest Is it going to be March, April, May You place stock market bets against it Yes or no Free $10 on the website FameProject.org Working with these guys Getting their name out there. This is going to be an alternative to sports gambling. This is going to be something new and different. Check them out. FameProject.org Take one. Probably the hottest take on this podcast you'll get. If the 49ers don't add an impact pass rusher, whether that's draft or free agency, they will struggle on defense and they might miss the playoffs. Because this is going to trickle down and impact everything. Detroit Lions franchise tagging. Ziggy Ansah, the top pass rusher, comes off the market. I think the 49ers would have signed him. They would have been two to three teams that he met with. There would have been big money involved. Was he the perfect fit as a Leo? No. But is he a a 10-sack-a-year guy when everyone else is playing well and you're healthy? Probably. And that is the difference between winning two and three games in the NFL. I want to give you this stat. Here's some teams who were in the lower third last year in sack total. 49ers, Dolphins, Jets, Giants, Colts, Bucks. If you don't sack the quarterback, it is harder to win football games. Teams at the top, Steelers, Jaguars, Panthers made the playoffs, Rams made the playoffs, Titans made the playoffs, Patriots. Saints are up there. Eagles were 15th in the league. You can win a Super Bowl and be average at it. But if you're in the lower third of sacking quarterbacks, you're generally picking in the top 10 of the draft, and you're generally trying to add someone who's going to impact the other team's quarterback. Whether that's corner or pass rusher, who knows. That's why I'm proposing on Twitter, just the free agent market after Ziggy Ansah. I don't like it at all. Trent Murphy, Adrian Claiborne, these are not your Leo type guys. Those are your 3-4 outside linebackers, sometimes 3-4 defensive end. Those are your versatile guys that are too big and bulky to be the speed Leo that you need in this defensive scheme with Robert Sala. This is an issue, guys, and why I propose that the 49ers should be looking at trades here. I've come up with a list, a couple guys that I would inquire about in Indianapolis. It starts with Whitney Merciless. Is he a byproduct of J.J. Watt in and, and Houston? Is he actually a really good player? You may have to trade a third and next year's fifth round pick to find out if Whitney Merciless can come be your Leo because there's not that many good options in free agency. Merciless, 27 years old. He's still got two years left on his deal which is reasonably priced, $4.5 million, 5.5. He's coming off that pec injury. There's rumors that the Texans would be willing to move on from him He he could be just a guy You could swing and miss here I mean there's going to be risk in making a trade like this too He's also had really good production If you think DeForest Buckner You want to leave DeForest Buckner inside You don't want to miss here And not get a free agent And then the draft doesn't fall your way And all of a sudden it's Elvis Dumerville Eli Harold again Solomon Thomas I don't think he's a pass rusher in the NFL I really don't At least not on the edge And it's going to become problematic and an issue and shuffling chairs. I mean, I'm looking at even Robert Quinn. You normally don't trade with division rivals. The Rams have a stacked D-line. Why would they look? Who knows? You never know. Teams might move on. Shaquille Barrett was an undrafted guy with Adam Peters up in Denver. He's not a star, though. I, I just... You could trade maybe a fourth-round pick for him. He's a proven guy. He can get you four or five sacks with more playing time. Can he get more? I don't know. Denver actually struggled rushing the passer this year. Derek Wolf, they might have to shed salary. He has a big salary, $9.1 million. If they're really going to make a run at Kirk Cousins, they might be willing to get rid of that contract. I wouldn't do anything in the second round for Derek Wolf. I'd, I'd be hesitant for on a third round or two, to be honest with him because i i don't think he's the ideal leo fit too so it's hard to come up with a trade partner here too pass rushers are limited teams don't want to get rid of them they're almost impossible to find in free agency you have to draft them if you don't draft them in the first or second round the good ones go quick like they're so coveted that later on you're in the third fourth fifth round you're just praying if you take a pass rusher there they work out it normally doesn't work that way. Pass rushers are upper echelon. They're picked higher in the draft. 49ers are going to have a problem here if they can't add the right piece and then all of a sudden they're playing Leo by committee. That's not a position you want to play by committee. You want to have that established. And it, yeah, so I mean, it's hard to rebuild a football team in two years. There, There could still be a hole given all the cap room, all the resources John Lynch has. This is how hard it is to build a 53-man roster. They might not have a... Really damn good pass rusher to hang their hat on heading into the season. I totally get the best player available thing with Derwin James. That's now becoming a thing. So I guess you're putting Adrian Colbert on the sideline or you're putting Jacquistkey Tart on the sideline? When well, you created this situation with Eric Reed last year, too, you have three good safeties and you're playing musical chairs all of a sudden. I don't get adding another safety. I guess. I mean, Derwin James can stop the pass. Like I I would not hate that pick. But to me, if they actually really like Davenport or they really like Harold Landry, trading down does make a little bit of sense. Someone tweeted me, I would like the best player available normally at 9 or 10. But if they really are sold and think that they need to get a pass rusher now, it's hard to identify these guys. They can't keep ignoring it. It would make sense for them to trade down target a Marcus Davenport or Harold Landry, or, I mean, Arden Key. I I don't think he's the Leo they're looking for. Give Robert Sala that piece. They did not give him enough to work with. I thought they overachieved. Ruben Foster cleaned up for a lot. Um, You you can't have Brock Coyle and Eli Harold starting next year. You've got to add some impact players, some young rookies, I think, on defense to clean up that area. Trust Kyle and Jimmy G with the O. Try and stack D. That's your draft strategy. I want to alert you guys. Pass rusher, big issue. We've talked everything on how to rebuild this football team. I'm saying they don't do it, and they're relying on Elvis Dumerville to lead them in sacks again. They're going to go 7-9. and nine. Unless Jimmy G is an MVP candidate and he replicates December, you're betting that he has four or five bad games. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo can't play 16 games at that level. And he's going to need the other team's quarterback to be uncomfortable. Because if the other team's quarterback's comfortable, he's going to throw all over the 49ers. Drafting a Roquan Swift, that doesn't make sense to me. I get best player available. Pass rushers are really hard to find. You got to start looking at 2019 then if you're going to find one. So bringing that up, take one. 49ers don't get a pass rusher. They're going to struggle on defense and they could miss the playoffs. Take two is about Kyle Shanahan's combine strategy and just kind of his role in offseason personnel evaluations. A, they're treated like gospel in that building. If Kyle likes a player, we do anything to try and get that player just because of the way he presents information. Uh, Kyle's very persuasive. It's funny though. And he said this in Indianapolis. Kyle doesn't watch much college tape at all before the combine. He knows the basics, some of the big prospects, obviously in the top 10 where the 49ers will be picking. A quick short list of guys. He's so focused on free agency and they have this divvied up where Kyle has his short list of guys he's watching. I think offense and defense for free agency of who he wants for this football team. He knows this defensive scheme he knows where players will fit. So Kyle is fully in control and, and dug in with that pro personnel staff, whereas John Lynch and Adam Peters have their guys, and they're solely focused on the combine. This is like John Lynch's big ordeal. And, and yes, he both participate, but you've got to divvy things up. And I think the 49ers have a good partnership, good foundation that way. Interesting about Kyle here in the combine He doesn't know most of these guys. He's meeting them for the first time. So if he gets a good impression of a person, that does stand out to him. And I think a lot of times they invite guys back when he also liked their film too. So he, he can get a second glance. The thing to note about Kyle is CJ Beathard last year projected fifth, sixth round pick. Kyle stunned everyone, took him in the third round. Trent Taylor, undrafted, I saw some places, seventh round pick. Kyle took him in the fifth. George Kittle, I saw his lowest, 6'7". Kyle took him in the fifth. Kyle finds guys, has the short list as I said, and then the 49ers kind of have a small queue like it's a fantasy draft. Kyle likes this guy. It's a little early to take him. We could probably wait a little bit, but it's like, why play nickels and dimes at the end of the draft? Why not get the guy you want in training camp and see what he, he looks like? Who cares about value or what you've heard from other teams at that point? Get the players you like. I love that strategy from Kyle. You don't get that in a lot of other front offices. There will be disagreements. It's way too early to take C.J. We could take a starting blank here. We could get this here. And when it comes to offensive personnel, at least, Kyle's going to have final say. You saw with Joe Williams last year, too. Some stretch picks. He has earned the leeway His credibility when breaking down film And just talking about football um, He's got Total control right now I remember chatting with Kyle One year, I think we were at Prime 47 in Indianapolis One of the popular bars I, They keep that place open until like 3am It's all NFL personnel It's It's really one of the best times of the year I'm not kidding, the Combine Brings a lot of people together A lot of fun conversations Kyle told me one time there doesn't care about wide receivers' height Going back and forth about the combine I found that so interesting Cares about their catch Radius and and their hands And Really was I mean he has the reputation of loving These small guys, Andrew Hawkins, Taylor Gabriel In Cleveland um, He had a guy named Brandon Banks When he was with the Redskins First got up there, it was a 5'7 Gadget player Obviously Marquise Goodwin Trent Taylor, Aldrick Robinson, all these guys on the smaller end. Kyle's going to have a tough decision to make. There's going to be a lot of bigger body receivers available in the second, third, fourth rounds. Equinemius St. Brown, Notre Dame prospect. He's rising up. There could be late second round. Auden Tate, Florida State, he's 6'5". Simi Cobbs. Marcel Aitman. These are... All receivers who are 6'4 and above. Now, Kyle's worked with Julio before. Obviously, Andre Johnson. Those were first round picks expected to be superstar players. I don't think Kyle's going to go this route, but it's something they really have to weigh. Does Jimmy Garoppolo like the bigger targets? Kyle likes to coach this way with these receivers. They're shifty, they're harder to cover. He's found cornerbacks struggle. With these shiftier smaller guys. But I do think there's a balance here. You've got to have one or two big guys. Remember they brought in Tim Patrick in training camp. 6'5 guy. The Ravens had cut. So I mean there there is some value here. But it's going to be a, a tough decision. I'll tell you what. My draft crush is James Washington. Who's going to measure at five eleven, six foot. I can see Kyle loving him. First receiver since 2000 in college football. To have 200 re- receptions. Also with a 19 yards per catch. James Washington, Oklahoma State. One of those guys you throw a slant, he can be gone. Or he tracks deep balls really well. I think he would pair tremendously with Pierre Garcon. Even though he is of a smaller variety even though he's kind of top-heavy and he's like a running back. That's why, I mean, his stats, his film was unreal. His body isn't the typical NFL. His burst when he first starts running didn't have much press coverage to go against at Oklahoma State. There's some concerns there. I'm looking at Kyle and his history. I would not hate this if the 49ers traded down from 9 to the Buffalo Bills, got 21-22. Took the pass rusher they liked and then took James Washington right there and did a double down, essentially what they did with Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster, did it the year before with DeForest Buckner and Joshua Garnett. They're adding two first-round picks. They're, they're they're taking chances on guys who they think can be stars. They're sacrificing 10 picks to say these guys can still be players. That's not out of the question. I don't know if it'll be James Washington now, I told you the 49ers are not going to sign a free agent wide receiver. I doubt they pick Calvin Ridley top 10 if they stay there either. Just coming up with strategies here and, and thinking of guys that Kyle would like to coach James Washington on the list. I don't know about the tall guys. That's going to be something he's going to have to become flexible about. Kyle's combine strategy. I like it a lot. Doesn't really know these guys yet His These are first impressions So he gets to put a face to the player When he watches the game tape We'll get more into that with our next take Take 3 Just a couple things to note from the Adam Peters Podcast with Joe Fan. Really the first time the 49ers Have allowed him to speak publicly Bay Area guy South Bay guy Played football UCLA Scouted for the Patriots Denver Broncos made a relationship with John Lynch and is now the VP of player personnel. Essentially, he described his job as a table setter. He eliminates all the clutter and puts the big decisions on the desk of Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. I think what Adam Peters has done is build a strong relationship with Kyle, figure out the types of players that he wants, and instead of Kyle sorting through 100 receivers, here's 15 that Kyle probably really will like Um, So it's a process of elimination that's what Adam Peters job is let's cross people off and I think that's the biggest thing at the combine that most teams do they're not saying oh I'm in love with this prospect they're saying I did not like his interview I I don't think he's going to be able to retain information well he's got an attitude problem Um, or someone's really slow or really weak The combine is used to just take people off medical concerns. uh, Adam Peters didn't exactly say that word for word in the podcast, but um, that's just kind of common knowledge in the scouting world. He did say game tape is what the 49ers really focus on, and that's obvious. I mean, most teams do. I, I thought it was interesting that Adam Peters said George Kittle was a combine revelation for the 49ers. They went in there thinking that he could... Maybe fit with Kyle Then they saw his 40 time His quickness And the combine Kind of sealed the deal So it's not a complete Waste of time Everyone goes out And has fun at night Literally people are Getting wasted I'm saying people Who are on TV for hours The next day Are at the bar Till midnight 1am um, It's spring break For the media And it's A lot of off the record Conversations You make new connections If you're a part Of that circle It's really a fun event um, But But there still is information to learn there still can be deals done and things found George Kittle was found at the combine and the 49ers if they see certain things on film and then they see a little uptick at the combine they'll zero in on a guy so Adam Peters explaining that pretty nicely and Just confirming that John Lynch is a big picture guy Martin Mayhew been a great guy to bounce ideas off of That front office is stabilized and communicative Where under Trent Baalke It was secretive And the communication was terrible So just stark contrast here They're letting number twos in control Have interviews I mean most NFL teams are secretive The 49ers aren't being that way With Adam Peters He did admit they were flying by the seat of their pants last year. They all got in in February thanks to Kyle's Super Bowl run with the Falcons. They're so behind schedule. Kyle rounds up all the free agency can of his former players. Really, Adam Peters had to take his scouting board he was developing with the Broncos and and bring it here and then kind of mix and match pieces and figure out what Robert Sala needed on defense, too. Very collaborative effort with the 49ers. I think there's obviously so much pressure on the first-round pick, and that's because Reuben Foster, we don't know if he's going to be a part of the team long-term now, character concerns blew up in the 49ers' face. Salma Thomas almost looks like too safe of a pick, like he's too scared to make a mistake. And they've got to figure out how to unleash him because he does not look like the same player he did when he was dominant at Stanford. So this first round pick, the recommendation from Adam Peters is going to be tremendous. His history has been taking chances on the Paxton Lynch's, the Tim Tebow's Shane Ray was a guy with a lot of concerns that they ended up taking later in the first round, the Broncos. He's been a part of regimes to take chances with first round picks there's got to be a common middle ground on a prospect who's not a safe play, but you can tolerate the weakness that he brings. KJ Podcast, bunch of quick hitters to get to San Francisco 49ers. Starting with Trent Brown, right tackle. Shoulder surgery is going to keep him out for a few months. He's going to miss OTAs. I bet he's limited in training camp. Pretty big Surgery for one of the biggest dudes in the NFL, what are they calling him, 6'8", 360. Kyle Shanahan called him the best pass-protecting tackle he's ever been around, but also said he's got to be more consistent. So what Kyle's trying to say there is there's flashes of him being one of the best tackles in the league, and there's other plays where he's not—can they get him to play at that high level— it may take another season of Kyle coaching him to see if he can get him to that level. I like him playing on a contract year. I do like the 49ers looking at a tackle in maybe the third or fourth round. Picked out Connor Williams from Texas. He's a very light you know, 295, 300-pound tackle. Had some injury issues, but he's he's athletic. Kyle likes lighter guys. Martinez, Rankin. Mississippi State, Garen, Christian, Louisville. These are some lighter tackles I think Kyle would look at and isn't a perfect time to start developing a tackle with Trent Brown out. You can throw this guy in there, get him way more reps in OTAs and training camp than he would with a healthy O-line. Joe Staley's 33 years old. They are talking about giving him a contract bump that was asked to Kyle. You got to start thinking about plan B and see a tackle here for the future. And using a middle-round draft pick on a player who may not be a starter until 2020, not a terrible idea. So I think O-line, Trent Brown, there's news with his injury. Kyle's hyping him up some. I think he's more of a fragile guy who's really taken to this coaching staff, whereas maybe some were too stern in the past. I think they are squeezing some some potential. I Ultimately... Kyle calling him the pass protector, too, means he's not the run guy. He, he's not what Kyle's looking for, being quick in the stretch running game, outside zone. I think they're having some issues because of that right tackle situation. I'm not stunned if Trent Brown, even the praise that Kyle's heaped on him, is on the team in 2019. I, I think you, you let him start this year, obviously, but looking at plan B there, not a bad idea. Congrats to D'Amico Ryan, new inside linebackers coach for the 49ers. They're trusting him with his own classroom. Ken Norton Jr. was going to be that guy until he left to be the D coordinator of Seattle. So was going to have a longtime defensive coach in that position. Now you're putting a first-timer there. It's a lot of trust they're showing in D'Amico Ryan's. Obviously, it was reported Ryan's had some interest from the Titans. I know there was some interest from Mike Petton's staff with the Packers and and adding him. So 49ers go ahead and say, you know what, you're showing more potential than a quality control. Let's give you your own classroom. For D'Amico Ryans, now, how do you help Ruben Foster even more off the field? I think you take it as a responsibility, as the position coach, as... You're their teacher. You're their guy every day for hours you're with. D'Amico Ryans, if he can help turn around Ruben Foster off the field... And I know he's not looking for credit for it, but I think the 49ers need a leader, a guy to really hone in on Foster off the field. We know what his potential is on. Can D'Amico Ryans hang out with this guy as much off of it as possible? I'm sure D'Amico has a family and things going on in his life, but it's going to be partly his responsibility to try and keep Ruben's head on straight and make sure... Successes in his future I mean what a great mentor to have One of the best linebackers Of the 2000s D'Amico Ryans A star with the Texans And the Philadelphia Eagles Great career ahead I think 49ers did a good move In giving him A promotion The coin flip uh, Some of you are probably listening to this And it's already Happened I think the 49ers win the coin flip Keep the momentum. They pick nine. Raiders will pick ten. If it does become the Roquan Smith sweepstakes and the guy becomes a star linebacker in the league, that's that'll be a Bay Area little fun history tidbit. Um, ultimately, it shouldn't matter much. There's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks taken ahead of this, and it should free up both teams to take top-tier talent. All right, my official quarterback rankings. This is before they all work out and throw, but I mean, I'm I'm throwing it out there. If the 49ers were picking one this year, this is what my big board would look like at QB. I got Josh Rosen as the top guy. I think he has the best window accuracy, tight spaces. I, I don't think anyone else throws the ball as good as Josh Rosen. And I think he's coachable and can handle the pressure a big market will bring Second, I got Sam Darnold, safe pick. I see his career playing out similarly to Carson Palmer, a guy who also went to USC, went up there, helped stabilize the Bengals early on in Marvin Lewis's tenure. Maybe he does that with the Browns. Maybe he helps stabilize things in Cleveland. Is starting mid-year. They start their turnaround with Hugh Jackson. Ultimately, I don't think he's going to be a franchise guy that you're – can Compete for a super bowl with maybe I'm wrong. I got him at two. I have Lamar Jackson at three. I think if he goes to the right situation, we'll be your Michael Vick type Vince Young when he's playing well. RG3, I think he'll have some ups and downs, but his arm strength is it speaks for itself. Bill Polian, very respected guy. One of my mentors, Vic Carucci, wrote a book about Bill Polian. He had his time in NFL history. He looks so foolish now. I think Lamar Jackson starts in the league by his third season. He's found a home. I think someone takes a chance on him in the second round. It could be earlier, too. He he could win people over. Interesting. His mom is going to be his agent as of now. That could change. Um, Lamar Jackson, I got third. Baker Mayfield, I have fourth. Um, Josh Allen, I have... As fifth, I think Josh Allen has boss written all over him. Unless he goes to the right coaching staff, I don't think he should play at all either. If you're the 49ers, I think you want Arizona taking Josh Allen. I don't think he's going to pan out. I see more, you know, the Blaine Gabbert. Blake Bortles has kind of turned into something okay, but I just see a big body guy. People fall in love with the mobility, and it doesn't really mean much because he's so inaccurate. And NFL defenses are just so much better than the competition he was playing up there I I don't see the translation from him That's the big board That's the KJ Podcast Off-season takes Definitely more than five of them today Rapid fire, big analysis Again, this podcast brought to you by FameProject.org They bought some advertising space It would be huge for me Go check them out $10 to start It's free money that you can try and win This isn't like you're betting And and doing sports gambling And it's the night of It's a long term play like a stock market here I I put money on Tiger Woods Competing in the Masters It's the pop culture And sports prediction market It's going to change online gaming Fameproject.org Sign up today KJ Podcast We learned about Kyle and the combine, my just pressing, pressing need, I think the 49ers, pass rusher, they might not be able to solve it this year and there's going to be issues. They might have to force something with the trade. It, It can't be P to T. It can't be Elvis Dumerville, Eric Armstead. I'm just going to be stunned if he pans out. Adam Peters we got, we got to talk to, about him for a little bit you know nothing major there but he's going to be such a key player for this organization Trent Brown um, I don't know if he is the long term fit at right tackle I've been saying that for a while KJ podcast I'm upset I'm not in Indianapolis I still think I'm delivering you top notch NFL analysis just turned 29 I'm pursuing this path of being an NFL reporter and Looking at all options of how and where I can deliver this analysis and be back in Indianapolis and on the scene talking to a bunch more people. So KJ podcast, my people mean so much. I'm trying to show some jobs I'm applying for. I get engagement with this podcast. Retweets and favorites are very appreciated. God, I sound like such a I shouldn't have even said that, but I love you guys. You're picking me up. I hope you enjoy this analysis. It's going to get hot and heavy the month of March. We've got free agency coming up. A lot to discuss. KJ Podcast, we're out.
0: Now rolling to the gap, this radio spot is the Labor Day BRFS 15-second radio spot. Fisky code GAPO7128000. This is a 15-second radio spot, stereo, mono-compatible.
1: Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19, polos from 1499. It's insane! Grab your friends, Banana Republic Factory, see you there! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.